Hello, Mega Tennis. It's your boy G to the L to the I to the B. Young Glipster, back at you again with the premium Weebium content. First, the guy with me, the eight legged man herself, Spider. Hi. Next, we have the trash panda from outer space, DJ Nebula. Say what's good to the people. Hey, how's it going? And uh, last, I believe we have a Laurel. Uh, oh, sorry. Lauren. I believe her name is Lauren. How are you doing this fine evening, ma'am? <laughs> I got Gabriel. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Absolutely brutal. That was a that was a good intro. Thank you, uh, new host of the show, Glib. Well, usurping the old, bringing about the new. <laughs> Fear the old, bud. Uh, so today's episode is a little. Usually, what we we've done before is we've done either news questions or spoiler cast but we're sort of in both because we played two short games relatively short not a lot of content to them games uh so we have, we're gonna have some time left over for sure so we'll catch up on a couple of news things too so we'll put a i guess we'll put a time code in for spoilers or something people don't want to hear but these games are they're old and short so who cares you know uh, yeah. <laughs> so we do have someone on the show who loves one of these games a lot. Uh, he talks about Jack Bros constantly and always tries to get us to play this. So, Glib, please tell us what what you thought about your experience with Jack Bros was. New host of the so show. Bad at this game. I don't even know what to say. I, I really have no words. <laughs> I, I don't even. I don't. Some, someone else go, please. <laughs> Damn. Well, for anyone who doesn't know, Jack Bros is an old virtual boy game, which means it's all in red and looks horrible and uh, disgusting. Um, I guess LaRue knows a little bit more about Jack Bros <laughs> than me, so maybe he can he can talk a little bit about it. Yeah, so Jack Bros is a virtual boy game released in 1995. During its pre-production, it was known as Devil Busters, but that was soon changed. And funny enough, the team Pyrojack and Jack Frost are known as the Devil Buster Busters in the Devil Summoner series. It's a game about these three demons, Jack Bros, their names being Jack Frost, Jack Ripper, and Jack Pyro. Oh, no. <laughs> no. First How do you of all, mess that up? He's called Jack Skelton. Oh, it's because I, I said Jack Ripper, and I was like, no, that's wrong. He's, he's Skelton in this one, and then it re- yes. ruined everything else. And then also their friend Pixie, who's guiding them, because these three pranksters were out on Halloween and didn't realize that they were still in the human world, and if they stay in the human world after Halloween ends, then they're going to die. Pixie helps them find their way back. This is the English version of the story, by the way. And you play as the Jack bro. So you, and the game takes about an hour to, to beat. And that's interesting because the game, um, because you only have an hour left canonically to get back home in the game. Hmm. It's one of those, uh, it's like a, what do they call them? Twin stick shooters. So, uh, I guess it sort of is. It didn't feel like that. Cause I used, um, uh, D pads. Uh, D-pad and a button. But yeah, I guess it could be. Can you move and shoot in a different direction? Actually, wait, you could? I don't know if you can. Because the twin stick shooter implies that, like, 
first of all, it would imply like two sticks. So not just moving in cardinal directions like in this game. It would imply uh. full range of motion. Uh, but even if it was cardinal direction, which is fine, it would be like, can you? Can I backtrack and shoot in the opposite direction of where I'm going? If you know what I'm saying. I'm not backwards, but I could sideways. I don't know if that was a glitch or not. Okay, that's kind of close. Yeah, but um, I mean, it's got that element. But then instead of having health, you also have a timer. Getting damaged will reduce that time, as well as not knowing how to get through the the mazes the maze for each stage can have anywhere from i believe the first one has five to what 20 so so 20 or so for the sixth and final stage um and i guess we can go around and say who we played as because i played both as jack ripper and as pixie (laughs) i played as frost of course i played frost i started with ripper uh skeleton sorry and then at some point, I was like, this is a little too much. So I picked up a code from someone else to pick up where I left off on the, on the, when I got to a break point between the stages. And I switched to Pyro, who I really liked. Oh, all right. And um, yeah, each, each one plays a little differently. Uh, Frost has a projectile that has a longer range, but it's weaker. Uh, Pyro has a shorter ranged um, projectile, but it's stronger. And Ripper is the strongest character, but you have to be literally like a right in front of whatever you're attacking. So it's the most dangerous. And then Pixie is if you suck, um, her her damage output is the same as Pyro, but it's the same range as Frost. So you have like the most broken like combination. And there's a condition for unlocking her, right? Because when I started the game, I didn't have an option to play her. I only had the three brothers. You have to put in her code. So um, I don't know. I've, I don't know. I've never played it like in its actual form. But when you play when you, when you play this game, you get passwords, and each password is um, how to get how you get to your save state in each stage. But yeah, this for is pre save states, and the way they managed that was they had like usually alphanumeric. These ones are just numeric codes that you can enter, and that'll like come up with pre generated uh, state. So you can't just save the game. I guess with emulators you can, of course, but the way the game yeah. is set up, you can't. It doesn't have that built in. You have to use codes, which is a funny like I haven't played a game that uses codes as like pickup points in in a long time. I can't remember the last one. The last one that had that for me was well, it was just a transfer of uh, stuff to another game, but it was uh Golden Sun. Mm, right. Uh, I mean, actually, I've been playing um, the first Digital Devils uh, story, the you know, like literally the first SMT game for yeah, a yeah. different video, and the NES version has this password system too. And you have to talk to this guy, and he just gives you a long password. It's <sighs> it's like so dumb, but <laughs> like yeah, luckily these are like six numbers. Usually, it's like. A bunch of like letters and numbers and sometimes other special characters. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. But if you want to play as Pixie, you just got to put um, four six four nine, and then instead of select, uh, instead of confirming with just A, you have to push the right, the left, uh, select, and A all at the same time, and then you'll hear like a different chime, and that'll allow you to play as Pixie. And it's also useful because Pixie 
is the person that gives you all the advice and stuff if you're playing as any of the bros. So if you play as Pixie, you just don't get any of that. And it's really nice because, like, you know, I don't like having the tutorial. when I, I play this game so many times, I don't like getting that tutorial every single time. Right. Yeah, so in, in, the, in the game, like, almost every floor, Pixie will show up and be like, hey, by the way, Here's a little uh, here's a little note for you. This new enemy here. It's kind of helpful in the beginning, but yeah, at a certain point, it's like, all right, man, I think I got it. Just give me some yeah. room. <laughs> Which I mean, I I will say that at least her advice and or her, the things that she says are always relevant. It's not, and yeah. it's it doesn't feel like she's talking down to you. Like how some like tutorials will just be very obnoxious. She's just like, oh, this guy is yeah. a projectile guy. Like, be careful. <laughs> And they're very succinct, too. It's like one or two sentences. Usually it's succinct. Some of them are a little bit longer. But um, I guess I guess the overall question is, how did you guys like the game? Because it's a great game. It's near perfect, actually. The only d- bad thing is that there's only one color in the game, and that's red. But um, you can fix there's that by sense. emulating. You could do it in grayscale, or you can do it in purple. Oh, I, I should have done that. That's oh, that was in blue, too, though. What? Mine was in blue too. You did blue? They have a mine blue option? Mine was in red and blue. Red and it blue? A, what? It had a what? weird 3D effect. I didn't like it. I couldn't see oh, it. Oh, yeah, that's sort of like a virtual boy thing. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you literally just. <laughs> did, you just... <laughs> did you just play like the virtual boy version, like a stereoscopic 3D thing? Like, good. It sounds like it. That's what it was like for me, but I, I, I messed Was there more than one option? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> the default option for like the emulator. So I think that could be an emulator thing because the one I used is VJ VJ Bin or whatever. I don't know how to pronounce it, but the VJ Bin I think, and that one is like the default is purple, but you can change the setting to uh, grayscale or red. Um, which one? Does, which emulator did you use? Because that would make a difference. <laughs> I used BizHop. Oh, so it's your fault because I'd never heard of that. I use that too. Oh, you you got the same effect now. I did it first, but I think I messed around with it. It wasn't as harsh because, like, if you load up just the emulator raw and just put it in the game, yeah, it's a stereoscopic 3D and it looks horrendous. But I it's did something. I think I like either adjusted the window or did something else, and it looked perfectly fine. Like it was like a flat image. I don't remember what I did, but whatever I did worked, and uh it was not nearly as bad but if you played the whole way through that i couldn't understand you having difficulty because it makes it really hard to see pitfalls and traps and projectiles yeah because if you play it the normal way like the not dumb way the only like thing that that affects your view is that the stars to me almost always blend in with the floor tiles so because i know where they are i just go to them but if you're running through your first run through, you're not going to like maximize all of your like special attacks. The stars, by the way, are how you activate your special skill. Um, I don't, I scheme my, my buttons differently, but I believe it's the right trigger to activate your special. Yeah. Each special for me, I'm pretty sure. Uh, okay. And each one is different. Um, I don't remember any of them besides pixies because pixies is the only one I was using. (laughs) I know that Ripper just throws a bunch of knives and like all over, and it does damage. It's supposed to insta kill everything, but it really just does uh, um, a set amount of damage to whatever is on the screen. Yeah, I think Jack. I think I don't. So I didn't really play Frost, but I don't know if his really does damage. 
It um, freezes the enemies, uh, and it does damage to bosses. Ah, okay. Lantern is just straight up damage. I know that. And skeleton, yeah, skeleton is weird. You were saying it's supposed to do damage, but I feel like it didn't make the the kill time on bosses any faster. It depends, because like the only times I would ever use it for um, Ripper is basically the final boss, <laughs> because the other bosses you can just get around it as long as you have enough time. Um, and the only other boss that's actually annoying with Ripper is the vampire. Or is the vampire the one that summons all the bats? Yeah, right. Yes, yeah, yeah. he has bats, and he has the moving floor, so you have to always be shuffling around trying to stab. Yeah, and since with your knife. yeah, so that one is the only one, the only other one where I would actually use a special. Um, but if you if you're efficient, you'll just basically have never you'll never you're like never need to use your special until like the second or or the last dungeon or second to last or last dungeon i think yeah, but, pretty easy. oh sorry good most of the bosses are pretty easy until that point yeah it just <laughs> it randomly gets hard like it goes yeah. from like dumb baby difficulty level to like oh you have to be at least over like um over the age of 25, I guess, or however old Glib is, to like <laughs> to beat the game. Wow. You must be this old to figure out how to play this children's game. Yeah, this game is for kids. Like, <laughs> the market... If you look at the box art for the Japanese version, they, it's even, they even dumb down the art style for Megaten to appeal to kids. They, they make them super chibi. So this game yeah. is for like toddlers, and Glib couldn't beat it. Let the record show that. The Japanese in it is too. They specifically try to not use um, kanji. They just use hiragana almost throughout the whole thing. Ooh, awesome! Like um, time and stuff like that. But other than that, there's almost no kanji in it. So it's like because I know that they do that for Pokemon. And which is why, like, I like to use Pokemon to practice because it's like very basic, and I know what they're saying. So you're saying it's like that, where it's hiragana? Yeah, there's no hiragana. Nice. Is that a thing where, but like, it's still really easy to read because there's like I don't know, they have one for fairy and hour, and a couple other things that I forgot because it barely shows up. But it's mostly all hiragana, so a little kid could read it for sure. <laughs> Glib. So one of the things that, that I thought was <laughs> one of the things I thought was weird about the game was the localization. So the very, I guess, the most striking localization change is that the box art is done by this artist Augie Pagan, who used to do Nintendo Power cover arts uh, in the nineties. Um, actually, talked to that artist about it and he doesn't even remember doing it so <laughs> it says a lot about the um the amount of effort it just he was just given like a prompt and he just drew that i think that was that's kind of like the standard <laughs> of that time right where it'd be like weird weird box sets that don't really represent the game kind of like Mega Man. yeah it's it's a nice cover though but it's not really fitting for the content well okay maybe Maybe for the last two dungeon, dungeons, it is. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm just thinking about that creepy adult Mega Man uh, cover. Do you remember that one? There's like three, so. And then they're for the. Fat guy? Oh, yeah. Why did they give him a, some of it a bloated belly? It's so weird. 
They put him in a fighting game too, I think, didn't I think they, they did put, Tekken? No, yeah, Street Fighter Cross Tekken. <laughs> yes. People were like, We we want Mega Man because like, he was in Marvel too, which is like a really popular game. Like, we want Mega Man back. And then Capcom was like, Oh, you want Mega Man? All right. Here you go, <laughs> motherfuckers. It's really genius. Yeah, we'll post yeah. a picture of that for anyone who wants to see what we're talking about because it's the funniest thing. This and it's the best example of what you're talking about—the trend of box art that's hilariously inappropriate for the subject matter. Yeah, I mean that being said, I love that box art. It's actually my favorite Mega Ten box art. <laughs> it's it looks like an action film. It, yeah, it just looks so like it looks so macho, like overly nineties, like cheesy macho that I just love it. It's just so dumb. Because then if you look at most, like, if you look at, like, the Kaneko box arts, they're always majestic. It's, like, the angels cradling um, Aleph or, like, uh, Gale majestically holding his, like, forearm up or <laughs> uh, extreme close-up of Demi Fiend's face. And then you have this where it's, like, these, <laughs> you know how Ripper, um, Frost, and Pyro are, but then you just see, like, these super, it's, like, it's not just Ripper, it's Ripper, you know? Skeleton, Ripper. Skeleton. No. Stop. It's not even. They don't even spell skeleton right. They put skeleton like skeleton. I kind of like that. I don't know if that's intentional. Like the the localization is just fucked up or whatever, Did or they just run like out of um, what do you call it? The character limit or something. That's also something I was going to ask when you're talking about hiragana. Is that a thing where like it's like you know limited amount of memory, so they have to use simpler characters um, and stuff. Sometimes, yeah, I don't know if it is with this game because some of the names are longer. No, I I don't think there's one longer than eight or seven. Hmm. That's the match number eight. Yeah, it's either yeah. seven or eight. But <laughs> thing, I could talk about that box set all day, but um, that localization and then the weird changes. So all the demons have very specific names because they're basically all demons from Megaton. But for whatever reason, they just, I mean, I guess for character limits, and so that would explain some of them, but the changes are just random. So there's one that I thought stands out, Lich. It goes from being called Lich to Mystic Morgan, which is actually a longer name. And I'm, yeah. just, like, <laughs> but I'm just like, what's so that bad about it? That is a very bizarre one. <laughs> like Mystic Morgan, like who's Morgan and why? And uh, what is it, Shinigami or no, uh, Death God Loa to Sinister Scar? <laughs> <laughs> when when Pixie was like, "This is Sinister Scar," like be careful. I was like, "No." There's new members of the Legion of Doom or something. The the worst one, the absolute worst one, is Tomcat from Nekomata. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah. First of all, I was just like, "Why Tomcat?" Neko. I mean, do they just think that people wouldn't know what a Nekomata is? And like, the, yeah. maybe they thought a kitty succubus wasn't appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when is it not inappropriate? Um, but it, well, the thing about that too is that a Tomcat is male. Yeah, and they specifically say she in there, so I'm like, hmm. They didn't really think this through, did they? No. <laughs> There's other ones that are funny, but some of like some of them, I'm just like, okay, I get it. Like it's Zanma, or it's I don't even know how to say that. 
becomes scalloped, and I'm like, scalloped. It's it's a skeleton with a bunch of legs, like a centipede. That's that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Right. I forgot what Chu Chu Chilane turns into. I think it's Furin. Yeah, it's Furin or something. It's well, I don't know what that means. I didn't even know it was supposed to be him. I just like some one of you pointed that out afterwards. I was like, okay. It's just how his name is said in uh, Katakana. Really, it's it's it said Furin. Furin, yeah. Because when I I didn't know what it meant or the context, I like Googled it, and Furin is like a protein. <laughs> furin is a protein that in humans is encoded by the furin gene. Some proteins are inactive when they first ripped. become sensitized. Yep. <laughs> yeah, basically, I guess it make it fits. It fits Choo Choo Lane. I wonder if that's they like just, they just what? knock off the coup for whatever reason. I wonder if that's related uh, to Fujin. Because now I think about it, isn't Fujin a Mortal Kombat character, but also a real Japanese word for a I god? Because so. like Raiden is like a, he's like a lightning god, and I think Fujin is like a wind god. So maybe there's a connection. Yeah, there. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, that's perfectly something that you could be right about. But um, also, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> Um, one I thought was Harder. clever was changing uh, the paradise one. The little uh, blocks that would block, knock together and kill you. Uh-huh. Those are called paradise in the English version. It was like parallel and dice, you know, cut in half. Oh. But in the uh, Japanese version, it was called Hasundaga, which is a volcano awesome. in Turkey, apparently. Ah. Uh. <laughs> These silly quite, Japanese quite people. So that one was a a nice change. I I really like that one. And you were saying that there was um some more story to because the part that I the thing that I was saying the description of the story was just what they say in the first like the intro to the game. But you're saying that there's more to it. Um, there it's worded differently because they cut out some stuff. It's like um, the first line, it says the one day of the year when fairies can enter the world, right? But in the Japanese version, it says something like um, fairies that come to town travel the long passage to the human world. Which later on, it says, um, Pixie says, I'll help you. And what did she say? She says, you're hopeless, Jack, but I'll show you the way home. It's a bit dangerous. But if you read in Japanese, it says more like, it can't be helped. I'll tell you a slight shortcut. It's a bit dangerous, but I'll go with you. So don't worry. It's It implies that, you know, he's not going back the way he came. That's right. why they're going down a different path and that all that. That does make more sense. Yeah, because it doesn't make way. sense why you're going down this dangerous path and later on. If you're just reading the English version. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so of the four of us, was it, um, who beat the game? I did. <laughs> you just threw this to flex on Glyph. <laughs> I don't beat them. You know this. See, oh. well, Spider gets a pass because I'm sure that Spider could beat it, but Glib, you don't get a pass. This is, this is why this is your final episode, actually. Wow. So. <laughs> is it every like, episode now? <laughs> no, <laughs> this is the real final. That's why I wanted you to host. So then, when when you leave, at least you went out with a bang. Wow. I was playing twice, 
So there's that uh, <laughs> at the same time in two different languages. Uh see, yeah. And I'm like, you know, she gets a pass. She she did the she did she's doing like she's doing us a justice by being able to give us information I wouldn't have known otherwise, because all I did was look at the the guidebooks for both games or for both versions. Or not guidebooks, the info booklet. Um I beat it. I beat it twice because you know I love this game. Um funny like aside is that I had some of my friends play this game too, just because like I always try to get people to play Jack Bros and they all said they hated the game. <laughs> Cause it was just like boring. That's that's the word they use, boring, which is the the best way to like physically and emotionally assault me is to call Jack Bros boring. It's not boring, but it is very difficult and it does get frustrating having to do the same thing over and over in Crystal Palace. Yeah, yeah. The final the final dungeon does feel long because I think it's like almost it's, a third of the game, isn't it? Isn't it like it's almost way more? Floors? Yeah, it it is like twenty floors. It's I, I, I was playing. I got halfway through and I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" I think it might be more actually. It's it's so dumb because you you keep thinking it's only sixty I'm, floors and like yeah, like almost twenty in there. So that's way too much of the game in one dungeon. And it's so funny because it's it's such a steep spike from like five floors in the dungeon to twenty, and like it doesn't sound right. like that that much. But then when you think about how much dodging, how much like how many how many little things that you have to like go around in order to like be yeah. part and of you the start floor. from the beginning. If you got a game over, you would go to, to the beginning. Yep, you'd have to well you have to use your code. Well, to continue, I guess would put you at the beginning. But if you use your yeah. code, also just put you there too. And I mean, and I will say that that's another part I love about the game is the um, the continue screen because it's just so sad. Like you don't want anyone to experience what Jack or Jack or Jack or Pixie experience because it, it just looks so sad. Especially Pixie, her eyes get like ridiculously big and watery, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'll never let you die again, even though you're overpowered. What is uh, unlimited? Uh, is it unlimited? I don't know if I ever got to the point where I needed to restart a lot. But is it unlimited lot or continues or whatever? I actually, I, I don't even know because yeah, I've only I only ever restart basically at the last dungeon. It's the only time where that happens. Yeah, and it's usually because of the final boss. Bills above is ridiculous, and it's so annoying because like the first form is already pretty like tough. I I would say. And then he has a second form <laughs> that is especially difficult if you're using Ripper, which is probably why I couldn't find any Ripper footage. Like when I was like, oh, let me just like look up like what what's the difference because I didn't like like capture any of my footage. I don't think it was that horrible. It, it's a long fight. It's like a very long fight. Yeah. You have to move a good amount because those like spike things show up and they try to pinch you. But I, I honestly like you kind of stand in almost the same spot. Just keep an eye on the <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever. Keep an eye on the spike things, and you know he, he has a very simple shooting pattern. He shoots two different patterns of bullets. He shoots like the bugs, which I think you can kill. Pretty you sure. can, yeah, and yeah. He shoots regular bullets that you have to like bullet hell through and dodge around them, but they're pretty slow, and he doesn't like try to run into you or anything crazy, so. It, yeah, I, I mean, that bad. it's also it's like it's a long fight and it's followed up by a very long 20 fu- whatever fucking floors of 
continuous gameplay. So that's probably why people don't like that boss fight. I mean, yeah, it's it's just dumb because it for the any other. I think that for any other character you use, it's easier. But specifically, that boss and um, the vampire are pretty much the only ones that go out of their way to be like, if you're Jack Ripper, then it's like hard. And there's a yeah. there's a there's a hard mode for this game too, but the hard mode is not fun like every other hard mode for every game ever. But what does it do? Does it just make time lower all the time, or you you get more damage and um yeah you have to hit more, so it's like the most dumb yeah. Like I just inflates itself. Yeah, it just yeah it, it's dumb. And um, if you guys are interested in playing this game, it's five hundred dollars for a used copy of <laughs> is it really that much i've seen well i mean i you, i've seen 300 dollars for a loose one yeah without the box but if oh. you wanted the box it's like five to six hundred depending if it's in good condition the one i have has a blockbuster sticker on it and i wanted to take it off but i was also like this is kind of cool because it's blockbuster um so what a hipster <laughs> don't 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 do this glib <laughs> But um, I definitely would say that this is one of the more fun games we played because I feel like what we do, yeah, favorite fucking game. But like, compare this to Mockin, and I'm like, I like Mockin, but for completely different reasons. Or if you, but if you compare this to like If, I'm like, okay, hands down, there's no reason I should ever play If again. Yeah. Yeah, I like this more than If. It's not very fair. I like If more. (laughs) What? Whoa! Now who's the hipster, huh? Just saying, bro. That has something good at least. At least it, when I was playing, if I was just chilling, bro. Except for like sloth, and I was just boring. I was still chilling, I guess. But this game, was I think it's because like, it was still you, nice, yeah. Mind. But it's mm. and it actively hurt my eyes to play this game. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hard to see. I had to put my glasses yeah. on. I will say that, yeah, that even with it being flat, it's still not the easiest game to look at because, yeah. It's just ugly. Like it, it's one of those games where they they did go for simplicity, simplicity, but it is still very ugly. Except the models for the characters are, I think, they're adorable. If this gave me cancer, who do I sue? <laughs> Yourself for not be not knowing how to turn off the stereoscopic 3D. Dum dum. Noob. All right. We also did another game that's just like this game. It's exactly the same game, actually. It's called Synchronicity Prologue. It's made by Team Ladybug or Ladybug Team, and it is the prologue to Strange Journey Redux. Um, who wants to talk about this game? Glib, did you beat it? <laughs> I don't beat games. I think <laughs> game, games beat him. <laughs> no wonder why. All right. It's a cool game, though. Uh, should I explain the whole game, or I'm just talking about my Yeah, experience? yeah, run through it, run through it. Uh, basically, you're playing as... Uh, well, the game starts off, and it's like a computer th- it's like a computer monitor, um, and you get a message. And you, like, I remember in the beginning of SMT1, and you get the email from uh, Steven, and basically you synchronize, and you go into the body of a Jack Frost, and he has amnesia, because I guess that's you. And then uh, you meet up with a pyro Jack later. And then you go around trying to fight a black frost who beat up the pyrojack. That's basically the story. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I forgot about the researcher. 
yeah, yeah. He has a researcher also. Yeah. Which he's weird because he's like not anything. <laughs> like he's not yeah, a demon. I did, I did not like him. He reminded no, me I, a lot of a uh, cave story. I think cave story. I said. He reminded me a lot of that. I don't know. He's the same as uh, Jack. He's like being controlled by a human. The little body. Yeah. But he's not a, but he took over like a so then the part that confuses me about that character is that whereas Jack is like a demon and the guy took over the the Jack Frost and Pyro Jack is the same if I recall correctly but what demon is what's his name N or J J is nothing he's a he's a capybara so and where what part of the Antarctic does the capybaras naturally exist, or what demon is just a capybara? There's none. So, yeah, I, ladybug, nice plot hole. You have. Yeah, they're like stupid. I like the design, so I'm just going to use this here. Yeah, which I mean, I like the design too. I'm not going to lie; it's just the it's kind of like to me, it's cute when he's like flopping around because he's also tubby. Um, but. It it does make me go like why like could they could have picked just a floppy demon I mean I can't think of one right now though but sure yeah I don't know maybe there's some reason they have for using that maybe they wanted to come up with their own thing or I don't know yeah their only statement on it is just that they that he's a capybara that's the only reason I know it's because on their Twitter they're just like like this is a new character his name is Jay he's a capybara <laughs> I'm like cool thanks thanks for the deep lore. Um, so this game's like a Metroidvania game, which I thought was cool because I don't I like these. That's like the kind of game that I feel is, it's pretty safe to say that most of those are fun, regardless if they're good or bad. Like pizza, or am I wrong? A lot of the bosses were pretty fun. Uh, yeah, Gary, was it Gary McCullough? He was an interesting first. First, was he second, third? Third? He's like second because yeah, first one is the dreadlocks guy. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. fight B Franz. Yeah. I find it interesting. Uh he's in the icy area instead of over by the red light district. Yeah, what the heck? And <laughs> that part was like I mean, I guess because they just wanted I don't even know what, what the purpose of that is. Like it it felt out of place. It felt like he was supposed to be in that other one, but the f- the fight worked better there or something. I guess so. I just thought that was kind of strange. Yeah, I liked I liked how the game scales well. Like the difficulty is not like Jack Bros. It's I feel like it, it ramps up in a very consistent way. So I mean, even though the game is super easy, um, it doesn't ever feel like it just suddenly gets hard. Except like the the boss fight, the final boss. You could always make it a little bit more difficult too with the settings. Yes. Yeah, it, it's. I think it's pretty all. It's all pretty well laid out. It's like a neat little, cute little Metroidvania with like uh, weird bullet hell elements that actually work really well because you're switching between the two jacks that have uh, weaknesses to red and blue, which is ice and fire. Yeah. Um. So if you you can like, you like with every game, it's pattern recognition with the boss. The boss has a p- attack pattern. You have to do something about it, but introduces that weird bullet hell element of switching characters to make sure you like don't touch the wrong color dot because it's pretty much impossible to platform past some of the attack patterns without switching. So it's yeah. cool that it starts to make you force you to do that rather than try to jump past or get under attacks. You have to at yeah. the last uh, boss battle there is Yeah, against Black Frost. 
uh, form too. Yeah. And I think Alice too. I think with Alice, you have yeah. to. Yeah. Alice is gross. But um, the, I think the Black Frost fight was really fun because that's the one where I like I had to like pay attention the most. Most of the time I was just kind of like, I would just charge, charge my ice or charge my fire move and just keep doing it and then switch and then, yeah. you know, when appropriate. But this one, I felt like I was way more invested um yes you have to be much more mobile and he, he his first form is very like he's like all over the place and what's funny is he looks like uh the way he moves and does stuff he looks like akuma like from <laughs> he does like because he, he does like, demon flip and then he throws an air fireball and i was like is I this a reference yeah i feel like that's intentional because wow. that demon flip thing he does is like that looks exactly like it. he does air fire. Sometimes I think sometimes ice, but it's the idea is like you know, the yeah. the diagonal thing. And I was like, this is really cool. The second form was like, it's cool that he's big, but it's kind of lame. I, I wish he was sort of a more souped up version where he's running around everywhere. Because watching that animation yeah. play out was cool. I love that part. I feel like the the reason why they made him big was just to reference like his original art where he's yeah, way yeah. he's bigger. supposed to be huge. Yeah. yeah. And for some I reason, it. I was like, like, yeah, oh, this sucks. I was just like, ah, I wish he was more like the first form. Yeah, no, no, I get that. It just, when I, I just compare it to like Devil Survivor, where for some reason he's normal size, and I'm just like, no, he's supposed to be big. Like, he's supposed to be able to crush everybody under his foot. And yet, I never really noticed that until I think in Strange Journey they show it because they show the scale of all the characters yes. in, uh, in Redux. I don't know if they do it in the original, but in Redux they do. No, yeah, that's just the Redux thing. Yeah. <laughs> and like there's like the main character and he looks like a manlet. His <laughs> Black Frost is like <laughs> tall and he's like stopping on Jack Frost. But that's what hel- that's what makes it great cuz then you imagine like just imagine Sedano like walking up and being like, "Hey, you want to join me?" but like like he's huge and yeah, massive and he's and he's got a he's and he's crushing some Jack Frost in his hand. He's like, "Okay, I'll, I'll join you." I don't know. Big people have deep voices. Is, is the thing. What a peanut! <laughs> no more rhyming, and I mean it. Um, yeah, I think I think one of the other parts this game does well is the part where there's just like little hidden secret things everywhere. You get rings and stuff to power up, and um, well, there's an item shop, but as well. And I think that it's cool because. It actually really helps with the game. Um, it makes it even easier, but also there's a little bit of incentive because you just want to be slightly stronger. At least that's how I felt. Yeah. And finding the puzzles are the secrets. Things were always rewarding. So I just would ram, into, ram my Jack Frost into random walls and shoot everything. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I feel bad because that Jack Frost was suffering, but um, it was rewarding. And then when you get Demo- the Demonica or um, when you get Demonio, it's like very satisfying. That's the most fun part of the game is once you have Demonio for that first, like once you get him and you're just jumping around, laser blasting everything. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was cool. He like he you had a little bit more mobility, not mobility, but just like options sort of because when you're jumping, you could do like slow fall more because you can yeah. shoot while you're jumping. And I think you can sh- you can shoot ice when you're jumping. I don't think it affects your trajectory nearly as much. I think it's a much more dramatic effect with a gun. Which is cool. It's just so satisfying. I like I like once I did that, I was like pretty much set on using him as much as possible. And um I love how the weaknesses work in this game. So like I would just I don't know. I would just weaken someone and then kill him kill him with jack or with uh DNA. Yeah. That's another cool idea from uh, 
from like a Metroidvania perspective, because you know, in like those kinds of games, bullet hell isn't usually part of it. It's usually like there are boss patterns and stuff, but there aren't things that you're immune to or weak to or whatever. You usually just take damage from anything that's a bad guy. But they play with that idea in the reverse too, because it's like you also can't damage the boss with certain things. Yeah. Even if you're really smart about how you attack, they're literally immune to ice or fire or whatever. Yeah, and they uh, show that off early in the game too, so you know. Yeah, yeah. They make a big deal of uh imprinting that on your mind so you don't say, Oh, I didn't know that halfway through. The best part about the demon Eho suit is when you jump it makes a squeaky sound. <laughs> you know what got me is when you just idle and the 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 mask comes up and you just see him smiling and then it comes back down. Oh, yeah, the animations, yeah, yeah, I do like the animation. The, the 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 steam or whatever comes out of him and goes and like flies up. Yeah, was real good. Yeah, I love it. that was really funny. I like that little touch. There's a, there's a lot of I mean I just I feel like this game had a lot of love put into it despite how how short it is. Um. They even were going to have Ripper. I, I don't know if you guys saw that, but they posted that on their Twitter too, that they, they were going to include Ripper as a third playable, but they couldn't because of time, I think. Yeah, it would add, adding a whole third character because the whole dynamic is based on the switching between ice and fire. Adding a yeah. third guy would be like, how do you do that? Because the button pressed to change. So like, do you it's cycle yeah. three? That was released for free. Sure, yeah, yeah. So like adding a third person would be like changing everything about the game. It would have been really cool yeah. to see. Adding that in later on, it's like, no. I even, like, went through and I was, like, trying to see if he just, like, appears, like, in, like, a secret area or something. Because they finished the animation. His idle animation is, like, him kind of, like, out of an... I, I don't know why. I'm, I'm, like, literally moving right now, so I don't know why I did that. But him kind of just, like, crouching with his, like, um, his straight razor ready and he does, like, a little flip with it. And it's really, like, well done and everything. Like, I think all the animations is pretty great. So I just figured that they might just have him like somewhere like visible if you can find him or something. Um, I mean, maybe maybe he is, but I couldn't find it. So I was like really sad because Ripper is like the best one of the bros. Yeah, it, it, it's it's cool to see him in, in more stuff. We'll we'll uh, maybe mention a new appearance by him later. Did we talk about that before? Is it me too, or did we just talk about that? Wow, okay, levels? wait, wait to spoil future content. <laughs> future content in 10 minutes <laughs> but i think we did talk about it, but it doesn't even matter we're gonna talk about it again yeah it is anyway the point is it's it's cool to see because he was not uh he was like a core sort of jack for a while a long 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 time ago and then he just sort of got abandoned he wasn't like he's just sort of like a low-tier demon a lot of times and yeah under noticed ever but it's funny to have a, th- a third guy in that dynamic. And um, this one, Synchronicity Prologue, is like just kind of considered like the second Jack Bros game, which bothers me for like two reasons, and I'll tell you why. So the reason why, the first reason it really, really bothers me is because there's already a Jack Bros sequel. It just never came out in America. It's called Jack Jack's Quest Demonic Help Party. And it's so annoying that people keep saying that this is that um, synchronicity prologue is Jack Bros 2 because there's already a two. Sorry, I'm going to keep doing that voice. It's like my thing now. You don't need to. <laughs> Why not, Nib? <laughs> Please. Is that the mobile game? 
Yeah, it was a mobile game, and I can't even find footage of it. Like that's it's. So Atlas. When did a, this come out? Oof, I don't even know. I, I think it was like early two thousands because Atlas went through a bunch of different iterations Weird. of like a mobile services. This one, um, this one was like one from the, like the first era, I believe. So, in this one, you play as Jack or Jack or Jack. Like all three of them are play, playable, but they changed the, their move sets. So instead of using a knife, wi- uh, Ripper uses like wind skills, and then so then it's like ice, fire, and wind. And it's like a mystery dungeon type game instead of a um, anything like the other two games. <laughs> but I can't find any footage. All I could, all I found was like a very like brief description, which is why I don't even know any more about it. Um, but that's the second Jack Bros game. And the other reason why I don't like it being called Jack Bros Two is because uh, Ripper's not in it, so it's not Jack Bros if Ripper's not in it. it was almost there though. Almost, yeah. But you, so then I guess the technical name would be uh, Almost Jack Bros 3. Jack Bros 2.5, because it's technically not really Jack Bros. I hope they make another one, though, kind of like this. Yeah. Because I would really like that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny. Should, yeah, sorry. Get those guys and just pay them a bunch of money to make like a real version of this game. Not maybe not version, but. You know, iteration on this this base concept. Yeah, because it this is one of the most fun Mega Ten games. The like it's it's ridiculous how fun and well crafted it is for how simple and short it is. So imagining this, but a twenty hour experience or even like thirty. I don't know how long um, these types of games usually are. They can, they can get pretty long. I don't know about forty, but yeah, yeah, in the double digits for sure. Yeah, if it just breaks like fifteen hours, like that's that's like I would pay forty dollars for this. I actually would pay for this now, um, and it's five hours state have loadouts where you have, you know, you can maybe change the resistances and stuff to set up set up your demons to fight in a certain way. You keep the pair system to switch between pairs, but they have different yeah. abilities and resistances and stuff. And then they could reintroduce Drug Ripper as the Wind Demon. And bam, then it's actually Jack Bros. 3. Just call it Jack Bros. 3. What happened? You put Pixie in there, too. Oh, yeah. Wait, I didn't... Was there... Oh, there's Pixies in there. There are Pixies. You fight, yeah. I was, like, really mad, actually. I was like, why am I killing... They're not even saying anything, like... They're supposed to be helpful because they're part of the same race as, like, Jack. So it was really, like... It hurt my feelings. They're like, why? Why don't I not be a main character? Why don't Why don't they get dialogue? Come on. Have like a pyro on Jack in one um, in one setting, and then have uh, Pixie and Ripper in the other. <laughs> that would be cool. Like, as, like so, then you could choose between like that roster versus the other one, and then they could that way it'd be a little more balanced because I think switching between three is like a bit much. Yeah, I think yeah. switching between two, you have to keep that. But having a system where you could switch out which of those two you're using, or like select, you know, pull out Frost and put in Ripper or whatever, something like that, would be really neat. Yep, I think I think we should develop the, or have at least a supervisory role to ensure the quality. Since I think at this point we might be the experts. Um, sans yes, uh, glib. Wow. <laughs> 
not sans undertable like sans is in like yeah i was gonna try to make a joke about that but i didn't didn't want to i'm glad you didn't thank you but um i think this was like probably the most fun um spoiler cast so far until we start playing like glass bible or majin tensei or something because i mean we didn't start on a good note we started with the worst game in the world (laughs) (laughs) and then we went to a game that's no and then we went to a game that was fun and interesting, but kind of bad. I liked it a lot. I liked Machin a lot, but it was very strange. And I wouldn't we, recommend it in good conscience to like normal people. But if you're like a weirdo like <laughs> us and you're like interested in the history, then it's like absolutely give it a shot. Would you say that it was a strange journey to play Machin? <sighs> no. I'm also going to kill you. It was more like Soul Hackers. <laughs> Yeah, actually. Um, speaking of recommendations, what what would you guys recommend for these two games? I would and, recommend and, Synchronicity, but I would not recommend Jack Bros. <laughs> okay, you're stupid. Uh, it depends on what you... If you like platformers or whatever Jack Bros is, then yeah, you'll probably like these kind of games, but they're pretty short and simple. I mean, Jack Rose is difficult, especially Crystal Palace, but it's still fun in its own right. Yeah. It's very simple, though. So if you're looking for a story like the other Megaton games, you're not going to find it here. Yes. Yeah. There's almost nothing in the way of characterization because they're such simple, straightforward games. But it's the advantage cute. there is, yeah, they're, they're cute. They're short. They're bite-sized games that you can get into and be done pretty quick, which is why I'd recommend both of them for pretty much anyone. Um, maybe the modern Zoomer gamer may not like um, Jack Bros sort of weird pacing and waiting around sometimes and your health is tied to a timer which is bizarre and probably the most archaic thing we've encountered in any of our games so far that we've played um, but anyway, yeah, they're both they're both definitely worth checking out at least. For easy, very easy to set up to download, get your hands on, and mess around with. Be done with yeah. both of them in an afternoon. Yeah, I literally be well. No, actually, I I took two days. I beat um, Synchronicity Prologue yesterday, and that took a, my count was uh, four hours and uh, thirty seven, like not four, yeah, four hours and thirty seven minutes or something, sure. and. The, and then um, for Jack Burroughs, like even though I keep saying an hour, it did take me like an hour and 15 minutes. So for um, the playthrough that was Ripper, the playthrough that was uh, Pixie, it was like 57 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think I'd recommend them to anybody, mostly because to me, dumb, repetitious, simple games are like fun. And that's why I like these two p- particular games because they're, well, especially Jack Bros, because it's super simple. It just has a dumb difficulty scaling, and I think that if you play it as much as I do, then it's like it becomes like a palate cleanser, which is what I like to use it for. If I play big games, I want to like just play something to break it up. I play this. I use Hollow Knight too as another one that I use for a palate cleanser. That's a great game. I forgot you like Hollow Play Synchronicity. Yeah. Um, What were we gonna mention? Let's go to Glyph first. Hold on. I forgot to mention earlier. If you're gonna play this, you should use your controller because. uh, Today, or well, for a few days, I've had uh, someone working at my house doing some labor and stuff, so I couldn't use my desktop. 
So I'd use my uh, my laptop that I had no access to my room. So I'd use my my laptop controls, and it was absolutely terrible. I mean, oh. it was a. I mean, the game itself yeah. was good, so it was fine, but the controller just bad to play with, and it wasn't very comfortable at all. So use a controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and both the games are in both of them. Yeah, both of them are in English, which is good. Um, I think I'll put the links to them because the the synchronicity prologue is not officially in English, but. There's a pretty good patch. I think that there's it's missing some things, but that's because of, well, I mean, it's a free short game, and I don't right. think the the motivation to translate the rest of it is not very high because this one works. Um, or you yeah. need coding experience to do it too. Oh yeah, that too. So I mean, if you saw the intro that um, that should have been the intro for this, then you'll be like, wow. How they do all that coding? No, it was just the script that um, yeah. Spider pointed out, and I just edited it. <laughs> and um, could have built all those hours for that work. I spent twenty hours on that intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, I like to I like to be realistic and honest because sometimes I'm more law than anything else, especially when I have three, <laughs> no, two of the angels, <laughs> the archangels from DXT. <laughs> Which we'll get to soon. Well, yeah, Gabby and Yuri, just saying. Uh, I guess, yeah, to wrap it up, um, both Jack Bros for the Virtual Boy and Synchronicity for the Home Computer are very fun and interesting, and everyone out there should give them a shot because they're yeah. better than the RPGs. Uh, I think we should come up with a grading scale for like our future like things. So we'll be like, oh, this is like four hee-hoes out of ten or something. <laughs> yeah, we'd so have to come criteria on how to do that. That's we'll <laughs> whatever it is doesn't matter because if is going to be a zero or maybe a one, it'll be. I could give it a one. It was. I like the the art sometimes. <laughs> cool. I'd give it like a two because there's other things that non megaton I'd put under a one. Or a zero. Yeah. Well, it does That's have true. Holy Ghost, so I guess I'd have to give it Ooh. a point. But yeah, let's get into the news. That's the news transition. Yeah, something like that. That's what that is. So I guess the first big news thing is TMS, everyone's favorite SMT game, is going to be released in all regions using the original Western censored version. The word censored, I guess, comes with a lot of negative connotations. And this, in regards to this, it's... Debatable on how much it affects the game. It's interesting because the way this happened. I mean, were, were you guys all? You guys all had your like fingers on the pulse of um, TMS news, right? Yeah, yeah. I definitely owned a Wii U ever for sure. <laughs> I was one of the fifteen people in the world. Hey, I mean, it did pretty okay in in Japan, but like apparently this. This um, like apology that Nintendo actually issued following Japanese fan sentiment, like our upsetness, <laughs> like it, it 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 triggered a lot of like discussion because the Western fans in general, I would say, have like this weird hate boner for censorship, and regardless of how much or how little it impacts the story, people get mad, and in this regard, people like are super mad about. <laughs> Um, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, what are your guys' thoughts on that whole censorship thing? I don't really care. I'm still going to buy it. Um, I don't like it, but in the most cases where 
I don't care about it because of the costumes and all that. It doesn't bother me. The only thing that bothers me is that one dungeon. The story's changed. I mean, it still works for the game. It still gets the same idea across, but it's it kind of just skirting around an issue that it doesn't want to talk about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like in the middle where it's like, on the one hand, uh, most of the people who, who care about censorship stuff a lot are just like degenerate perverts. Right. (laughs) Like I want to see my titties, bigger titties, Yoshi tits, stuff like that. And there's just like, okay, like who cares? But then some of them make really good points. It's like, I don't know if you've seen some of like the Fire Emblem uh, translations. Oh, it's like, oh my god! Like someone, someone wrote this. Why would you do that? So yeah, it, it's like it's sort of like a kind of case by case thing for me. In this case, yeah. it's like it doesn't seem like a huge deal, but it is. It's perfectly reasonable for someone to be like, "This sucks, and I don't like it." You know, yeah. if you you know if you like throw a huge hissy fit, maybe that's a little too much, but. Yeah, just vote with your wallet. Be like, look, I don't appreciate what you're doing. And if you think it's that big of a deal, you're absolutely uh, allowed to not buy it and try to get other people to not buy it. Go for it. The thing is, though, they did vote with their wallet. Now it's getting a sequel. <laughs> no. It's so poorly in Japan. It did better in the West than it did Japan. And that was supposed to be the main audience. It's sad. It's just sad because... The thing that affects the thing that bothers me, yes, is this TMS port was probably like a way to test if there is a market for the sequel, and now it's just marred by this like this stigma of censorship. So even if they do, if they do do it, <laughs> you do, then it's gonna be like people are just gonna immediately ask where, like, what's censored, what's changed, because if they do it again, they're gonna just make a oh probably a unilateral release or whatever you want to call it when they release it in all regions at once. And that could be good or bad. Um, I think that like, kind of like what Neb was saying, it doesn't, it's case by case for me. I just hate Nintendo. So I love complaining and any time Nintendo does anything wrong, I'm just like ready to attack them. Respect. <laughs> Don't understand it, but respect. So it's, it's satisfying to see that Nintendo also, that's one of the things I want to clarify. People keep accusing Atlas of this censorship, um, you're stupid. It's not Atlas. It's Nintendo. Nintendo is the one that's censoring it because it's, this is not considered a third-party release. Um, apparently, Nintendo typically only targets first-party releases for censorship, and this is kind of like a weird in-between, and it's, so it's more of a first-party release in that regard. So that's why it's getting all sensory. Um, Firearm is a first-party uh, property for them as of a few years ago. Oh, is that, is that why they got rid of the petting in um, Fire Emblem Fates? No, I think they just did that because controversy. Uh, <laughs> Nintendo trios make themselves very clear that they're out of touch. It's kind of crazy. They're, <laughs> clown emoji, clown emoji, clown emoji. Um, one of the things that was an interesting result of this whole like thing is the Wii, Wii U sale, uh, Wii U version like boosted in sales and became like the top rated or top selling Wii U game for like a couple days on Amazon, so it actually outsold basically nothing else because there's nothing on the Wii. Um, but it was cool to see that people got so like angry that they decided to re or to buy this older version of the game that also is like you know it has all these pitfalls because it sucks that you can't skip through sessions and all the other jazz that surrounds that. But 
that was like a funny little thing that I read was <laughs> Amazon listed um, Tokyo Mirage Sessions as a top selling Wii U game for like a couple days. Yeah, and then it got beat by the F Zero clone. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of sales, Sega published their sales data for what the quarter or for the year? I think it was the annual report. Um, and yeah. it, it it shows some interesting data or data for the layman. Um, in 2018, Megami Tensei series sold approximately 12.4 U million units versus the Persona series, which is separated out for some reason, which only sold a measly 9.3 million. And if you fast forward to this year, Megami Tensei sold 17.4 million units and Persona is barely squeaking by with 10.2. And to put that into context, between the two years, there was like three <laughs> Persona releases and there was zero Mega 10 releases. <laughs> yeah, so what does this mean with total editions? Is that the different all the different titles that could be counted towards this total? They like they golden, sorry, go ahead. like golden and all that. Right. So those are like the separ- all the separate titles. So there's 30 separate Mega 10 titles that they're selling and 16 Persona ones. Is that what I'm saying? Yeah. And okay. it's, they they do it super dumb because they don't just they they inflate the numbers in that regard. So they're yeah, 30 Mega 10 game what they're counting is not just how many I mean not just really what exists but what exists for purchase. So it's tracking that and yeah so that's why there's 16 persona titles that's interesting so what, what are people buying that's that are people just buying apocalypse over and over again <laughs> what's happening <laughs> my theory is because the units of sales is not really men- measured by buying a physical copy of a game it's any purchase so it could be buying dlc it could be buying gems oh, it could be buying it could be um spending money in the dumb pachi slot because apparently that's part of it it's anything and yeah there is like mega 10 pachi slots it's more persona ones than um smt ones but regardless the only thing that's really changed for mega 10 if you look there's no new releases that's why it says 30 of 30 for both 2018 2019 yeah the only thing that changed is dx2 <laughs> That's so, a good point. I didn't. I didn't consider that that uh, microtransactions would count as sales. Even That's before D two, they were pretty close. Yeah, but now it's it's it, they they're like the disparity is it went from um, three million difference to seven million difference, and and it's like it's crazy because if they're really just charting. Um, any transaction transactions, which is super stupid because then that just inflates the numbers to like anything. It makes it not make sense at all. Yeah. Um, I don't like that. I mean, but also, also this isn't for like, <laughs> this isn't for us to read. It's for like future investors. Yeah. It's for um, stock people. It, and, yeah. It's, it's dumb, but it's cool. It's cool to know that people, people are playing or buying things on DX2 than they are buying like anything for Persona Five or Persona anything, so it's it's. I guess it speaks to the success of DX Two or D Two. I keep calling it DX Two. It's D Two. I'm um, never gonna call. It, I'm always gonna call it DX Two. Well, you stupid DX Two gang. Hunter no, Hunter. 
I like the correction they made on here finally. Before it was Shin Megami Tensei series, now it's Megami Tensei. It's actually correct. Thank yeah. You, it's super that was that annoyed me because it's like Atlas always called it the Megami Tensei series and only dumb people called it Shin Megami Tensei series. So that is a nice clarification. I'm glad they did that. I think it's also interesting that the art they use to show the Megami Tensei series is SMT4's logo when that's not even the last game. And the other report had uh, Apocalypse as their package um, yeah, like, example. It's, I was like, uh, you're not going to use Redux? You're going to use Apocalypse? No, no one knows. Um, I think one of the other bits that was kind of interesting is I think the most successful IP for um, Sega right now is what Total War is that is that accurate? If that's the that's case, a that's new interesting. acquire. I feel like Total War has been theirs for like a couple years now, right? Um, yeah, Sega owns Total War, uh, which includes. Uh, I don't know what the most recent one. I guess they did the Warhammer ones. They did like they've been doing one these weird crossover ones recently. So I guess it's that. And no, the last one is Three Kingdoms that came out this year. Right, is that one? Yeah, yeah, that's the most recent one. And they have one next year, I think. Yeah, they're always pumping those things out. They they mentioned that and the uh, Sonic at the Olympics one for next year was their big two releases. <laughs> Which uh, is is this is are the Olympics games actually successful or what? Olympics generates a lot of money. Yeah, they like that's their very unusual. Oh, actually, I was wrong. The most successful IP is Sonic with 920 million units, which is the most misleading because there's so many. They don't even have a total editions number because they're definitely aggregating like anything Sonic related to every, inflate that. Every plushie that gets sold. Yeah. And then you got to, if you look at like some of their like dead IPs, like Beast King, it's like 500,000 units. Like, all right, or Aladdin series. <laughs> like, why is that even on here? No. People aren't buying Sega Genesis Aladdin. Didn't they just re- release Aladdin though, or is that not out yet? Either way, it's not. It's they're still at five hundred and seventy. I don't think they had anything to do with the new Disney film. If that's what you're saying. No, I mean, I think they, re- they released the old game for the for the, for the movie. Is Will Smith in it? Okay, so I think it's the old <laughs> game, the original one. Oh, so it's like a remaster? That might be interesting. I think so, or a port or something. I don't know. Okay, yeah, pretty sure I saw that. Maybe that is real. To kind of put other things into perspective, like Puyo Puyo is still like outselling all them, like any of the Atlas properties. Um, yeah, but then um, it's good, good series. Yeah, my favorite is uh, Mean Bean Machine. But yes, it's a good yeah. one. But that's also how do they how do they classify that game? Is that Sonic or is that Puyo? Probably both Sonic Puyo. They probably count both. Um, and oh, then okay. like. Yakuza is like just slightly beating Persona in sales. So even though Yakuza, um, like objectively, is a much superior game with apparently 101 editions released, <laughs> what are they what? counting? Wait, what? <laughs> oh, I bet they have lots of like slot machines and shit for that that are branded, right? Does that count? Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. That seems like the coolest property they can make a slot machine out of. Like everything else on this list seems dumb. I'm so bad from last podcast. I'm not gonna lie. 
You're what? I'm from last podcast. I'm not gonna lie, man. Sorry, you're, I cannot understand your thick accent. What are you saying? I'm still mad from last podcast, my guy. Oh, for what? I I, I dissed Yakuza. I think. Oh, stole my thunder. <laughs> it's a but, great series. It's very fun. Yakuza Zero. Go buy it now. Yeah, one of the people in, in, um, that I know is like kind of collecting all the Yakuza games, and I didn't know there's so many interesting. There's a Dead Souls, which I guess is what like zombies or something. Oh, that that sounds that, awesome. That sounds interesting. I, I that name does sound familiar, but I didn't know that's what that was. All right. Uh, well, yeah, that's with sales data. Uh, we'll post a link for that too in the description if you're interested in pouring over this and maybe investing in Sega. Uh, yeah, I, I own like I own like ten shares of Sega, and Sega stock has Whoa. went three point four percent, which is like sounds like a little bit, and it is a little bit because it went from like being like worth like three dollars and twenty cents to being three dollars and like sixty cents, but definitely worth buying because then the more you're invested in Sega, the more you can tell them what to do. Yeah. My my thing is I want to get like 51% shares eventually and then be like, Sega. Every dollar you donate will help us do a hostile takeover of Sega and force them to make yes. S&P 5, which they will not make unless we do this. Oh, I was going to have to make <laughs> I was going to have to make Jack Bros. 3, but that's fine. Cancel S&P 5 make a Jack Bros. <laughs> yes. Alright, now we're talking. But yeah, sales data, that's cool. It's nice. It's fun to do. Um, Another big thing that happened was Persona 5 Scrambles trailer dropped, and that that also dropped the release date, which is one of those absurd, oh, you know, all the numbers are the same. So it's um, the second month, 20th day, like 20 year, whatever. So it's 2-20-2020. So... They thought it's not going to be that cool for us Americans because that's the Japanese yeah. release date. So it's it's going to be like, like July 13th <laughs> or, you know, whatever dumb shit. Every game next year is going to release on 2020. Just every, every month. It's yeah, pretty much. The one that releases on 4 2020 is the best one, though. That's going to be good. Hell yeah. Now Isn't there like five games releasing on that? <laughs> fights of fights of wow i can't even say fight for supremacy that's what you got to do um scramble when the, when i saw the trailer i was pleasantly surprised because while i'm just interested vaguely in musao games this one doesn't look like a musao game and even atlas themselves are calling it an action rpg as opposed to calling it a yeah. musao game and that's interesting I think that was just the easy comparison because the very first like tease thing was like a million pyrojacks just getting obliterated it's like oh geez is that what this is which made me sad because seeing any like nice little demon getting massacred by stupid phantom thieves like hurts and then this this trailer i felt good up until the part where um morgana the worst character in all of anything is killing a bunch of Jack Frost and the the pain that you can see visible on their faces is so sad it's it's like those um those commercials where the the girl is telling you not to i mean to donate to like stop animal abuse or whatever i'm just like an angel yeah yeah and I'm, i hear the song and i'm just like dang it oh damn someone like, edit that someone <laughs> played in slow mo and play Sarah McLachlan over it 
so sad. It, it actually like legitimately made me sad watching that. It was so not good. Of all the things to do, like do not like spit on Jack Frost that way, please. But the game looked good, except the yeah. heart hair girl, which I think her name I forgot her. They really was her name, but I can't remember what it was. I don't know. She looks I don't dumb. remember either. It's not yeah, I, is it? Please tell me. No, it's it's not. It's, it's, not. it's dang no. it. Um, give me a second. Talk about how right, you guys while you do that. It. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about it for a second because I also watched the trailer and it's interesting because like, uh, you know, the very first teaser, all they showed was some of the like I think just stills and a little bit of the combat and action. It was like, uh, this looks like it sucks. But in this trailer, you see stuff. You see like story content. You see like some platforming stuff, like almost like a stealth section. You see, like, roaming around all what looks like not quite an open world, but at least sort of an open area to walk around in. And not a lot of that stuff is not present in Musou games. Uh, usually it's like you load into an area and you just cut stuff up for, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, the but, mechanics for, like, the, uh, the wire are similar to P5R, where he just kind of swings around up to... Mm-hmm. The platforms. Normal. Yeah, he can get up. He can get up to. He uses a grappling hook, which I called, and when we first discussed one of the, I think it's like one of the Royale Persona Five Royale things. I was like, I hope that the grappling hook plays a, a bigger role in the game, and it's at least playing a role in this game, which is cool. Yeah, it's nice. It's kind of weird that they added that element but didn't add Kasumi. Maybe she'll be DLC. Maybe that's what they're waiting for. Or maybe yeah, she'll be a yeah, base part of the so. game, and they're just going to trick everyone. I don't know. <laughs> One uh, of the things that I thought was interesting about this actually is DLC. So people were already kind of butthurt because um, DLC has been kind of like a hot-button issue lately, especially with Persona 5 Royale's DLC, which we'll talk about briefly later in this episode. But the DLC for this game, if you pre-order it, is background music, and it's all like the best um, battle music from each um, Persona game. So you got Lone Prayer... And then whatever the other ones are, <laughs> you can. Oh, so you are you saying you have to pre-order to get the the song? Yeah, you, or, yeah. Uh, as a, the pre-order bonus is those um, those background tracks. I think it's six tracks because it's Persona mm-hmm. One, Persona Two, uh, Two, Three, Four. Yeah, five. I mean yeah. that's consistent with the how they handle in the past, right? Because in P Five, you could buy costumes that came with. They were like bundled with. Um, uh, what are they called? Battle themes. For different ones, yeah, but this one's better because um, I just want to like, I don't know. It would be much nicer, little... obviously, to have a jukebox thing where you just like you have access to these songs. It doesn't cost them anything to put them in there, so it is, I mean, it is yeah. stupid. But it's well, consistently, so I'll give them that. Yeah, and it's it's just interesting. This one does look like it's a cut above any other um, release in terms of Musao games so far, just because it has more going on with it. Um, and it also has that uh, Persona 5 aesthetic, which is very pleasing if you're um, someone who likes that, like Hideo, Hideo Kojima, or who else would like it? Uh, the guy who made Smash Bros. Also liked- Wasn't it voted as like the Sakurai? Favorite, like, favorite design of whatever the year came yeah. out? Yeah, everyone yeah. loved it. Everyone loves. It. I mean, I, I I like it. Like I like literally. If it was, if I was gonna scale it one from ten, it's like a five. Where it's like, oh, it's cool, but like <laughs> it's it, like do not say Jack Bros. What's the ten? <laughs> I don't think there's not a. I've never really thought of UI as something to like really 
pay attention to. And because well, just this, in the general, like in the like sense of the aesthetic to it, like everything all yeah. together, not just the UI, which is um, part of it. But. Okay, then fine. I'll give this more like a seven or an eight. Um, like a four would be What's like most What's most uh, Final Fantasy ones. A ten would be one where there's no like UI. Basically, it's just like. It's just like seamlessly like going back and forth. Like Dark Souls, I like a lot. I know people will say that's not good, but I like it. So shut up. I wouldn't put it above um, in terms of whole aesthetic. It does unify an aesthetic by not. Um, it does more showing than telling, which is very clever. It doesn't give you um, a lot of expository dialogue or anything. Yeah, like that. And a lot of the stuff is optional. So yeah, it it, yeah. it does a pretty good job of keeping things consistent. Because all your all this one does to me, like what the only difference is that this one just stylistically transitions you from the gameplay to a bunch of menus. And regardless of what the UI is, that you're always going to end up at a bunch of menus. So I'd rather just have like one that has as minimal interaction with my experience as possible. Or just not look ugly like most Final Fantasy ones. Like that's those are the ones that come to mind as like the horrible sure. ones. Well, we can agree that Final Fantasy is trash. I wish the uh, first one was the last one, but you know, Glib, you haven't really weighed in on Scramble. What do you think? You're gonna buy it? Uh, I probably will buy it. Actually, looks like the best muscle game I've ever seen. To be honest, I mean, I've only played a few of them now. I've only played like the Gundam one, the Gundam yeah. three and two, I think, and I played Dance of Warriors. Wonder. I wonder if it's even appropriate to call it that at this point, because it's just like it's there's it looks like there's so much more going on. It's still gonna have the same type of gameplay, I guarantee. Yeah, for sure. Because if you notice, one of the things they cleverly don't do in this is show you how much the gameplay is gonna basically just be a Musao gameplay. <laughs> they try to show yeah, you as much fortune. If it's good, well, they show you a variety of everything, yeah. Yeah. So I I'm fully prepared for there to be a little bit more than a normal Musao game, but um, the skeptical part of me is is saying that there's going to just be some wor- world traversal, and then the rest of it's going to be basically like every other Musa game in the world. Um, still, it, it, it yeah. Go ahead. To uh, recap, you said earlier the DLC you get the, you get this music if you pre-order the game, right? Yes. That has to be that day, or like just is it like a period of time? I believe um, pre-ordering is any time before the pre-order period is over, mm-hmm. and typically the pre-order periods for Japan is about a week before the game releases. Is when you can no longer pre-order. So you get the code, you don't you don't have to like go on the PSN and get the get the download for free while it's, while it's up, right? So you just get a code. Bruh. <laughs> well, I just want to make sure because I want to wait for reviews. I want to see if I can like if I can like redeem the code. Well, yeah, then, it's like, it's different for, for the Western release too. I'm sure. Yeah, the Western release will probably just have it up like, until the. Yeah. The day before, and even then, the, a lot of games have what are called day one editions that have like they count as pre orders. And some yeah. games, like Final Fantasy 15, had day one editions for like three months you could get that counted basically as pre orders and had that stuff on it, whatever dumb shit they gave yeah. you. Yeah. And the pre order oh, codes boy, usually they have, have they usually have like a um, expiration date on them, and they're but the expir- expiration date is either at lowest is like three months after release or. At highest, I've seen is like a year or two, which is, yeah. yeah. But either way, um, yeah, don't 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 worry about it for Western release. I guess yeah, Japanese is a bit harder or something. I don't know. If anything, worry about which version you're getting because if you get the Switch version, you're gonna have the worst experience, guaranteed. People are excited that it's on the Switch, but just remember, Switch 
Switch games or the Switch Musao games that they've gotten so far are all inferior compared to the uh, PS4 release in terms of graphical fidelity as well as lag and um, whatever the other frame rate. So input delay. Input delay. Reduced, that's what reduced enemy count. Yeah, they they basically have to trim the fat. Well, not even trim the fat. They trim the like the actual trim the actual gameplay. <laughs> gameplay. <laughs> Uh, it is it is like a cell phone basically switch it's like a better cell phone yeah which i like you can you can like the switch or whatever you can prefer that as a console but just know that there will be a lesser um quality to the experience um and i i would prefer that everyone just buys it on the ps4 because then you won't have the problem and you'll be happy because i've played a couple of of the switch versions of the ports like i played specifically a one piece musao game and a uh what's it called what's what are the the, the elf guy um hyrule warriors hyrule warriors yeah i played that and i was like this is not good <laughs> like it feels like it's almost worse than the wii u version um i mean i could be wrong but it feels like it's worse but i know for sure the the, the one piece one is worse because i watched gameplay of it because i wasn't sure why it was so bad in terms of the lag and input blah and frame rate blah you know it's also uh, One Piece, which is ugly and bad. So. What I like One Piece art style. It's like watching a Japanese ripoff of Disney, kind of. Almost like Osamu Tezuka, but a more modern Disney, I guess. What if instead it was called One Piece of Shit? What if instead I killed you with my bare hands? <laughs> How about that? You ever think about that? <laughs> I think uh, this might actually be more popular than I was assuming it would be, considering they're keeping the social elements and all that and the aesthetic from yeah. the Yeah. So I was expecting this to be received very, very poorly, and it was at first, but I think that's going to reverse now that that trailer's out. Yeah, I was watching, or not watching, I was looking at the articles, and like all of the websites are basically making it sound like this is the second coming of Jesus. So it's really interesting. I mean, then again, I guess putting persona in any article is pretty good for your um, website's sure. traffic. Uh, unless it's persona Q too, then the scary part is though, is that not only people talking about, Hey, this is, this is cross platform, bro. Let's, we can get all these games on other platforms now. SMT5 on PS4 now? PS5? It's time. Right now. <laughs> it's not going to happen. No. Every Everyone game just. On Switch. No game on Switch. Switch should just be canceled. I like my Switch. That's, that's Sorry. I'm like probably like the only person who's super vocal about hating Nintendo. If you hate you know Nintendo. Has less games on the Switch? Guess which one, LaRue? Um, the Virtual Boy, because it had like 12 games, I believe. No, no, it had more than that. It had like 18 games, I think. Which is also the Vita has no <laughs> the Vita the 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 game system that actually is good that sold well in Japan and wasn't sold well here because all of the um, English media conspired against it and all mouth breathers refused to accept that there's quality games on a console that is physically superior to the 3DS both in durability and build quality a game console that has so many. Mega Ten games that are of good quality that you can play Persona One on it 
and have a good time because you can actually do the one dungeon that is not included in the PS1 release. A console so great that it comes in multiple colors from orange to blue. The 3DS comes also- in multiple colors too. Don't, that's not a real feature. Also, have you considered the following? Have you considered the following? The PS Vita has no games. Or, or you could buy a PS TV. No. Mm, there you go. Same you thing. Can't, you cannot play no because you can't play it on the go. 3DS sucks because it's ma- it's yeah. built for people with tiny hands. I carry and... a TV with me everywhere, so I plug in my PS TV. I have my TV in my hands as I'm walking. And I can, my handhelds don't leave the house. It's going to get stolen if I do. So this is the last episode of this podcast. Actually, this is where it ends because you guys have opinions that are different from mine, and that makes me angry. So speaking of ending, we're going to end our discussion of Persona 5 Scramble, which looks very promising now. Big ups for yeah. that new trailer. Let's we'll see how it really is in real life. But so far, I'm very uh, optimistic now. Yeah, I like to call it a teaser because it doesn't give enough information for us to really understand what it is. And that's like teasing, you know, it's like teasing. You just yes. tease. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah. It's not like a real, real trailer. But yeah. Pretty good. Persona 5 Royale will probably be out by the time you guys hear this podcast. But just know that one of the DLC things is the Demonica from Strange Journey. And that's relevant because it is one of the best Mega 10 designs of all time. It's definitely one of my favorite. See? Yeah, See? it's pretty cool. I like three it. People, um, three people said, said it's good. We don't even have to hear what Glib has to say. Uh, what? <laughs> say it's good. I'm hurt. Strange Journey is best game. That must mean Anka is good. Bam. So that's four very highly intellectual people. We're we're scholars of Megaten at this point. I think anybody who's played both Machin and SMT If are probably the most intelligent people that you can find in the fan base. And if we say Strange Journey is good, you gotta believe us. Yes, that is true. Um, there's another part of this script where it just says 13 Sentinel Spider. Spiders. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a tower defense game. <laughs> Are you serious? What? <laughs> yeah. So what uh, you do is you get a you get your little mech, and you have to guard your big giant glowing tower that looks like a fountain from alien kaiju that are invading the earth or something. Interesting. I'm not sure if they're actually aliens because they said. It might just be foreign or something. I'm not sure. It's hard to tell. It's in another language, okay? Wow. I actually did not anticipate Tower Defense as the next Vanillaware title, like, concept. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you just protect your little tower and you get four units. I don't know if you get more because there's not a whole lot of gameplay trailers, so it's really hard to tell if that's how it's going to stay. Um, But you get... Three different types of mechs. You get close range, which is a one set of characters. They they can only pilot close range mechs. And then there's a mid-range one where it's close and medium and a long range one. Oh, wait, there's another one too. There's a aerial one. They are in the air, but they do support. They have the four different types. And they're all linked to a single character. Wow. So, And on top of that, there's also time travel. So you're going through different, I think the main setting is in 1985, and some of the characters are from 2020-something or rather, and then 
Um, some of the characters are from 1944. So it mostly takes place in the show era. That's actually, that part is pretty much the most interesting part of the game, it sounds like. Um, do you know the release date? Uh, no, I don't. So it's Oh, wait, no, to, no, it's yeah. next month, November, Ooh. end of November. Yeah. I forgot if it's the 28th or something like that. I forgot. Nice. I didn't write it down in my notes, so. Eek. Um, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, so that's one of the games where I just feel so bad because I want to pay attention to it. And Alice is hardcore pushing it right now. Like, at least Alice Japan is because, like, most of their posts are pretty much just that. But um, I also hate knowing too much information about something. And Alice Japan always does that, too. <laughs> so I've just kind of been avoiding it and waiting until uh, I can get my hands on it. It looks interesting, though, and hearing it that it's a tire defense is probably the most weirdest thing I could have thought of for that. So that makes me kind of interested because I think Vanillaware titles are typically pretty high quality. So that's mm. cool. And the, the map is kind of hard to read, though. Like, yeah, uh, there's a lot of. Well, it's not too bad. You can actually see, but it's like the enemies are little glowing pieces, or they'll sometimes have like a big giant mech on the on the board too. But there's like a lot of grid stuff that makes it hard to look at. Other than that, though, it's nice. Um, let's see, what else was there? Oh, there's 13 protagonists that you have to play from different perspective perspectives. So 13 characters, all with their own story. Some wow. of them far more interesting than others. And if you look into it, you're you're going to find spoilers. So don't do that. Uh, okay, then I'll I'll not look into it. I'll just play it when it comes out. Speaking of coming out, <laughs> Glib, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. Oh I, my I, God. I had... <laughs> I'd like to call the police. <laughs> no, well, what I was actually going to segue into is the Kaneko Works 8, which was supposed to come out in August, is delayed. Um, it's hard to read when it's coming out because... Certain websites list still August, and you can't pre-order it anymore, but it's still in pre-order. It's weird. And a lot of the ones that still allow for you to pre-order it say it's coming out in December. One of them specifically says December 31st, but that sounds like a placeholder. Sorry, there's a plane going over. (laughs) I'm not sure what happened there. That's, what, the second delay? Yeah, this is like the second or the third delay, because I believe the fourth book was delayed or was it the fifth, whichever one of the, was like the first half of devil survivor or devil summoner it got delayed, which is weird. And they don't, they never issue any statements. The, um, the, the publishing company never says anything really actually, even though they are, they're on social media, but they did also announce the release of Kaneko works volume nine. And that one is slated to be released next month in November. Hmm. So Kaneko Works 8 has Persona 1 and 2 art, and then 9 has Digital Devil Saga, Rido 1, and Machin X, which I guess means, what, 10 will have Strange Journey and Rido 2? Um, maybe, yeah. Let's that sounds like it came in. I forgot what else came out then. Ooh, what if it just has, like, the rest of his, like, art that's not Mega 10 stuff? That'd be cool. <laughs> that would be nice. Um, so... We at least know there's going to be at least one more book because there's at least two more entries to the Megaton franchise that doesn't have Kaneko art. 
published. Um, Strange Journey is pretty much the most barren. You can't find anything, really. Um, and that's interesting. I am kind of sad that they've already announced the nine, the book nine before they even released book eight. We don't even know what the cover art for book eight is, actually, which is bizarre. I wonder if they're having production issues with the, their manufacturer or something. It has to be something related to production. Is like, there's a part of me that wants to do some sort of crazy theory, but I don't want to like even bring up or entertain that on the podcast because it's it's one of those things that uh, like it's like a Yamaneko like level of dumb that I'm kind of thinking at. Um, I hope it's just production. I hope that it's something related to maybe they got a, got the proof and the proof is like wrong or something is like they have to like edit something. Cause then this one there's confirmed like an extra bit of content. The last, let's see, four, five, six, seven, all those entries don't have anything additional. It's just the art, just the descriptions of the demons. Um, eight is supposed to have a forward by one of the writers who helped create that um, mega 10 maniacs book which is the book that's included in the special edition of uh, Deep Strange Journey. Oh, that book is great. Yeah. So I'm kind of excited that, that that's in there. And I'm like, maybe there's something wrong with relation to that or something. There's no, there's no way of knowing, though. And I just hope that this placeholder of December is actually not a placeholder. And maybe it's actually coming out in December. I guess we'll see. Yeah. And then speaking of... Uh, December, um, uh, Atlas USA's online store is in its December, which is, you know, like the way you say, like the last last legs of its life. You know, when you're old, you're in like your, the winter of your life. life. It was on its <laughs> last legs when they opened it. Oh my God. Atlas USA's um, online store was such um, an interesting story. <laughs> it's such an interesting tale of how... How you need to actually have a dedicated like group of people working on the website and managing and shipping product. Who would have thought? Turns out, yeah, it's it's rather difficult. And this, they released a, an official statement a couple of days ago, as well as an update to their website, which gives you uh, facts about what's happening. And it just tells you that the store is closing, but it's not the end of Atlas selling merch which to me means that they're probably going to be reopening a store or possibly merging with the Sega store, which I feel like is likely. Yeah. Weren't they like, uh, I feel like we covered this before. Something about the Sega store getting new stuff that wasn't on the Alice store. Wasn't that a thing? Oh, that was the Bandai, um, Bandai Europe's website. um, Right. We had persona stuff pop up. Um, um, yeah, no, that's unrelated. Never mind. Sorry. I'm yeah. Sorry. So, yeah. With the Sega store, does that mean we could get something besides the SMT4 wall scroll? I my hope is that they just start importing stuff because there's still stuff on the Japanese version of the Atlas store that is old and hasn't sold out yet. So stuff like from SMT4, um, they have like these weird earphone jacks that you are earphone earphone jack covers. You know how you can, um, if you don't want to have dirt get into your earphone jack in Japan or in other parts of Asia, it's pretty common to put a plug there. And it's usually just like a cute thing, like an animal or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the SMT4 ones are the icon markers for the character. So it's like a little blue one or a little red one. And it's cool. 
Um, and there's several other things that are just on the store that have been there for forever. And just port, just just give like the Western audience a chance to buy it. Um, important batches. It's pretty. It's not a difficult uh, process. And there's so much new Jack Frost merch that they could just easily port. They don't have to import everything. They could even just do the plushes, and I think that'll be all right. So yeah, it's just a thing that happened, and I kind of hope that they don't just have a whole bunch of Persona 5 merch, because even that didn't sell particularly well. They still have sales right now where some of the, th- the merch, like clothes that were originally $30 are measly $5. Yeah, although the one thing to note is they went ham on uh, Persona 5 merch, you know? Like, the yeah. quantity is so vast that, of the course, a lot of it is. The quality is really ugly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't and, like a lot of it. It's like too a little too garish. Yeah, it's it's the kind of merch that I think appeals to someone who would shop at Hot Topic or is like just overly young and wants people to know what they like. So it's not just a classy way of being like, I like on from Persona. It's like being like, Hey you guys on you know? Like yes. just yelling, loudly yelling. I was gonna loudly yell, but it's late here. Um yeah. Thank you. So not only that, but compound that with the website itself being very not well designed. It's, it was not def- easy to navigate. If you wanted to look at look for something, you have to click the thing, and then you have to know the, the general category. You couldn't search like a thing. Like the search queries were kind of over weird. And there was also times that I found where merch was incorrectly named or incorrectly identified. So there was a point where that one wall scroll was listed as Persona 5 merch. And the there was an instance where the one Persona 5 mug, literally the only mug in the whole store, was listed as SMT4 merch. So there's <laughs> it was like just weird stuff that it was just poorly managed. And I'm kind of glad that they recognize that maybe they have to reevaluate how they do it. Um, maybe like literally anyone could be hired to like not mess it up this time. And yeah. I think our final bit of news is D2's SMT anniversary. It's literally what four days from now. It's three for me. Uh, it's just turned to twelve. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Some that sounds about right. Something like that. Yeah, and it's cool because it's it's celebrating the release of the first ever SMT game, not to be confused with the first ever Mega Ten game, which is Digital Devil Store Megami Tensei, released September eleventh. This is. SMT1 that they're celebrating. And this is this anniversary is kind of like a big deal in Japan, but weirdly enough, you'll only find it being celebrated by D2. And even weirder is that the three demons that they decided to use as celebratory uh, fodder are Uriel, Raphael, and Gabriel. But the Gabriel design they use is not the Gabriel from SMT1. It's the Gabriel from SMT2. So the that celebrating... is a little bizarre, yeah. So, what are your guys' thoughts on like just the idea of, I guess, the anniversary or, or even the event itself? It's it's a typical event, um, basically like the Bayonetta or Dante event where you just kill things forever and then you get items that you can use to get cool things at a slight slight discount than if you had just paid for them, I guess. Yeah, I think it's kind of like a evolution on like a predatory business model where the concept is you want uh, 
you want to encourage sales, the way you do that is you make three, you print three new demons who are all synergized with each other. And I think they're not, probably not that insanely powerful, but they have some pretty strong effects. And if you only get one, then that's not that cool. So it's a way to encourage more sales. Um, Oh, well, they give you Michael for free, yeah, but you don't get one of the three new ones. Uh, which is when? Which are the ones that all synergize? Because I don't think Michael gets any bonuses from the other ones, does he? No, he does not. yeah, I think he only gives bonuses if you have like, the other ones. Like gives bonuses to them. Anyway, um, but it is like uh, it is kind of neat. I wasn't expecting them to do an event like this because they haven't really. People have been talking about the idea that they could do like a collab with themselves. You know, like have an event where it's like, oh, it's about Strange Journey or Nocturne or whatever. And they do like throwback designs to those old demons and have a whole event about that, which they've never done. People talked about. So it's it is pretty neat that they're sort of paying even more homage to the older games, which they've been doing, but not as much as people thought they might. Yeah, I actually kind of hope that my thing is I hope that this is kind of a thing that they'll use in the future because. If if this is a successful uh, market or model, maybe they'll do that for the release of Strange Journey and have a Bugaboo demon like event. It's the only thing you care about. Yeah, Im- imagine. Okay, it, this is how it'll be. The cutscene will be like uh, Mastema talking about like this weird like field opening up that he's familiar with, and you're like, okay. And then they say like they're cringy, like um, bad dialogue. And then you go to the the field, and it's the Schwarzfeld. And then inside the Schwarzfeld, you hear just like this weird like dialogue. You just hear like boo, boo, bada, boo, and you're like whoa. <laughs> so then you start grinding until you get like a million uh, bandages, and then you can trade that in for a bugaboo. <laughs> wow, I, I'm definitely very excited for that. Not completely nonchalant and uninterested yeah so just think about that everybody just if we all put our like energy towards that happening everyone spend money on this event um i want to see if the uh, the omega 10 uh twitter wakes up to acknowledge the anniversary because it woke up to acknowledge strange journey's release date which i thought was interesting so let's see if it does that again for smt1 it's just gonna be smt5 is canceled posts because <laughs> you know that's just how it is um, um one of the things i thought was interesting is um back during the anniversary they talked about wanting to do more mega 10 um events the hosts or they wanted the game to do more mega 10 events because someone in the audience or some they had asked the audience what they wanted to see as a crossover because they had already announced bayonetta and I think just Bayonetta at the time. Uh-huh. And of course the audience says righto because the Japanese audience. But the gets the host talking about why there hasn't been for D2 any Mega Ten content. So right. stuff like this is nice. They're actually acknowledging the main the series as a whole. Yeah. Whereas before there's like some references in the game and then that's it. Yeah. There's some funny stuff with like, you know, they put in like the old weird Moscato design and they put in like Maneater and Body Conian. It's like not like high demand, like interesting designs that people really love. 
So the stuff like that is cool, but yeah, hope to see more like self collab. A self collab would be cool. Yeah, same. All right. Uh, back on the event itself, though. Uh, I'm kind of mad because like I've been waiting for the Ar- Archangels for like months now, so I'm kind of really tilted because like now I won't be able to get them probably. I mean, I haven't rolled yet, but I'm really, I'm really kind of tilted right now. And then like you the, haven't uh, even tried to get them, and you're already saying you're never going to get them. I He's not going to get them. That's not. That's what I'm about to start now. The tickets they made for the event are actually terrible, and you get like maybe twenty of them. They're like one percent chance of five stars and five percent chance of four stars. Like what, what? What even is this, man? Come on, come on, Sega. What, what are you doing? Yeah, they're trying to get you to pay money. What do you think this is? Well, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> See. That game will never get me to pay money. There's too much grinding. I haven't even finished half the demons that I have in my roster. They're just sitting there rotting because I don't feel like doing stuff. You're the wisest one of us. All I want is a full team of Archangels, bro. That's all I want in life. Yeah. Like, that's You're never going to get it. Um, and I hope I hope that I'm going to like email Sega and be like, hey. <laughs> Mess with no. this guy's rates, please. I'll, bu- I'll buy everything. Buy yeah, all your gem packs. Every gem Thank pack. You. But yeah, um, that's interesting, and I kind of, I'm kind of excited to see what they do for the Christmas event because now they've already done like back to back two pretty big events, so that just leaves Christmas and New Year's, I believe, and then what the anniversary. Yeah, I'm saving up for see what they'll do for Christmas as well. I don't really care about the Archangels, so whatever. Yeah, they suck. Um, they really do suck. Um, and they also changed the design. So the art, if you compare the art to the actual models, I mean, I guess you can do that for any of them and see that there's a difference. One of the things for Gabriel specifically is that her like plate mail is very specific in how like her chest is designed. So when you do the, when you look at the actual model, they gave her like really pretty, pretty big um, angelic breasts, which I think is weird because she's not like supposed to have a gender, I guess. And also... Like, why is that necessary at all? Like, why was that a necessary change versus, like, the nipple removal for a bodyconian? I don't know what angelic breasts means, but um, this does sound... It goes, from, it goes from, like, a B cup to, like, a C or a D. Okay. And I think that's that amazing. that's... That's, 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 a, that's a cool new euphemism. <laughs> angelic breasts. She's of the angelic persuasion. You know, I say that fairly often, so I, I feel like it's going to be accurate. <laughs> You've never said that in your life. Shut up. Listen to the second podcast. I'm pretty sure I say it. No. All right. Anyway, uh, anyone else have anything else they want to shout out or mention? I think they give me archangels now. I'm not asking. I'm telling you. Nope. Not allowed. So questions now? Oh, right. We do have some questions. We have five, I believe, in my last count. Yes. No. Uh, so for reference, anyone that wants to know, uh, follow at Did you know Tensei on Twitter.com and put your questions there. And there's also a Facebook group, correct? But no one... I mean, I don't use no the Facebook really <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And whenever they do, those are like the worst responses. Maybe that's why they don't do it anymore. Well, we have a couple. We have a couple regulars on Facebook. Well, anyway, uh, go on one of those next questions. I got them right here. Uh, first question comes from at Cafe Doro on Twitter. 
uh, all right, so with two questions. Uh, the first one is, is SMT5 a government simulation in order to keep us forever trapped in this fake reality? Um, I'm going to take this one first. I don't think so, because it doesn't exist. <laughs> and it's never going to come out. So I guess in a way, spiritually they're the same, because both of these are wrong and they're not real. Like, there is no government simulation. Reality is just hell. We are in some other world's hell. People are enjoying themselves there. We're stuck here. Uh, what about you guys? What do you think? I think that the, the final boss in SMT5 is going to be Demiurge. And actually, this is a meta. This is a meta thing right now. He's keeping you mm-hmm. eternally uh, tortured while you're waiting for SMT5. So, you know, it's, it's kind of deep, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of making you a big think right now. You know, Alice has really gone out the way. Yes. I do like the Gnostic take on that. That's good. I think here's here's my super good, clever joke. I think Tokyo Mirage Sessions is no. Follow me closely. That's the wrong question. Um, Tokyo Mirage Sessions is SMT five. Uh huh. There you go. Oh, no follow-up or explanation for any of that? Oh, the answer to the question is yes. I see. I'm going to completely ignore the question and talk about something else. Okay, perfect. So um, I was reading the staff interviews for recruiting on Twitter, and they had an interview from one of the staff members about the development cycles for their games. So some of the smaller games, like the dancing games, probably would be like uh, one to two years or probably around two years for development time, whereas their regular titles are three to four. So, and SMT has been in, five has been in development for two years, maybe? Yeah. Something like that. All right. Uh, okay. Well, I think we got that one. Uh, oh yeah. And he said, uh, this is sort of like a follow-up question or second question is TMS being based on the Western version deal breaker for you. We sort of actually covered this, I guess. Um, I'll answer I, for the whole group. It's yes. Okay. We're none of us are buying it and, um, Nintendo die. Censorship wasn't the deal breaker. So it was idols. <laughs> the the real idols are the something we made along the something. Yep, was all the women we censored along the way. Uh, all right. Anyway, um, Lord Casio one on Twitter writes in and asks, "Why the hell did anyone buy that absolutely terrible scam known as Persona Five, Persona Three and Five Dancing?" Because they're good quality uh, rhythm games. Um, just kind of sold at a premium price. If you're gonna, but if you were gonna realistically buy them, they should have been like ten dollars for both or something, because they're just basically song packs for <laughs> dancing for, you know. Right. It's a lot of DLC too. Although it, I suppose it's extra, but the songs don't really feel extra. Yeah. Uh, I never played them, and I also don't know why anyone would play a rhythm game in their life. Uh, Guitar Hero is the only good one, and I haven't played that in probably 20 years or something. 
<laughs> Way to date yourself, boomer. <laughs> that just means I'm older than 20 years old. <laughs> Not old. <laughs> could, that could be 20 in one month. Yeah, but the the average age for this podcast is 19, and you're 20, so... <laughs> no, it's not. You're like 33. <laughs> Don't dox my age. Lori <laughs> was like 56. Yeah, sorry, I misspoke. Correct, 56. All right, Glib, why did you buy the dancing games? Why are you why are you propping up this monstrous enterprise? Because I must consume. Interesting. Uh, next question comes in from Flaming Lizard 06 on Twitter. It's and asks, "Are you excited? I suppose it's excited about P5 Scramble. I think it will be fine, but I fear it will have a lackluster roster." Uh, this is also something we sort of covered, but we didn't really talk about roster. We kind of mentioned it with the the new girl with the heart stuff going on, and the concern of whether or not Kasumi would be part of the main cast. But sort of what I mentioned was like they can cure that with DLC, and that's. I think if you're worried about the number of characters, just wait until you see the DLC. There's going to be a lot of DLC, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's probably yeah. Not, not not a big concern to have. Yeah, and, I mean, I'm I'm assuming they'll probably add like you and Makoto because you know, or is that his name now? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Door or... emo boy, yeah, emo boy and Chad. I think people are more like the thing that I saw on Twitter, people are just complaining because they think that it's going to just be limited to persona three through five roster. And while that's still a large roster, people want anything else. And if you're Japanese or if you've played a 2006 uh, mega 10 title, then you'll be familiar with Raido Kuzanoa. And that makes more sense in this game's context in terms of like similar style or whatever. I think it's highly likely that it'll only be persona three and four. Yeah, I think so too. Highly, highly likely. Yeah, I'd put money on that. All right. Next question. Okay, okay. Uh, we got Matagen underscore N on Twitter, right? So it says, Hola, fellow mega tennists. What SMT and Persona characters and demons do you guys think vape? Bafu. Okay. Uh, yeah, Bafu vapes. Um,. I feel like Jimena is with vape too. Vapes. Yeah, I can <laughs> he see would him. definitely. Vape. He would vape on the ship when when there's a, he'd do it in front of a sign that said "Please no vaping," and he'd just like <laughs> have like a grin, staring at people like <laughs> I'm a rebel. Yeah, I'm not sure about demons. <laughs> uh, Jack Frost would probably try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just because everybody else is doing it. Oh, now that's sad. Now I have a sad vaping Jack Frost image in my head. <laughs> he's he's gonna get that uh he's gonna get that uh fat deposit disease as people have. You heard of that? No. It's like people smoking like uh, weird bootleg vape pens. And they get some mysterious illness where they got like fat deposits in their lungs and they can't breathe and cool stuff like that. I think they found anyway, the Jack Frost is going to die. Distributing that. Yes, yeah, it was a couple different things going on, I think, but yeah. Anyway, Jack Frost is going to die from that. Um, 
glib vaping opinions? I think Charlie from SNTF would. Yes. A lot of chaos people would. Vaping is very chaotic because it's stupid and meaningless and doesn't really have any value to your character. Yeah. Um, yeah. Final question comes from SMT Network on Twitter who asks, how much Maka to come on? Which I guess means as a guest? Uh, A guest spot? Um, Uh, The the going rate is like uh, probably like a million dollars. If you Half bring Maka, I'm going to tell you to bring more. Yes. You, bring more Maka next time. Give me money for Jim. You can take my spot, my guy. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> buy him the $8 gem pack. I'll buy Glib the $8 gem pack to get out. Just take Glib's spot and don't replace him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I think that's I it. Know. Yeah, whatever. We'll figure out guests at some point. We don't. The problem is like we already have four people that don't know what they're talking about. So adding a fifth one is like um, we have to find someone like really like skilled or whatever. And well, that guy know. is actually he. I mean, the reason why he asked is because he's the one that runs the um, SMTN uh, podcast, which has like 170 episodes or so. Oh wow! Nice. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but that being said, guests are like a future thing, and we like to think in the present only. Exactly. Uh, I'm a solid ahead is for losers. Yes. Yeah. Nothing exists outside of my mind. They count to 100. <laughs> Diglib. Um, um, this is, I guess, the where we where we cut the podcast off. Off what? Okay. This is where it ends. Yes. Um, and. Let me try to be glib. Oh, no, I can't even do it. <laughs> Something yeah, about a spider with the most legs. Uh, spider? What? That's <laughs> the outro. We're the, doing the outro. The, the glib okay. from out... The, the, no, the space panda from the outside nebula. Okay, everybody get out. The show is over. <laughs> All right, get that's out. me. Yep. All right, goodbye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. Good night.